This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Last weekend, uh, just gone, was a busy one, especially Saturday with the Super Saturday Vaxathon and a number of organisations and individuals that all came together to make one thing happen. And a very pleasing result from all of that. To get uh, a take from it from his perspective, I have online now Dr. Gaurav Sharma, the MP for Hamilton West. Good morning, Dr. Sharma. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Morning, Mike. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, what were you up to on Saturday? Where did you go? Well, on Saturday, I actually went back to my old uh, medical practice uh, in Ab- the Avalon Medical Practice in Norton, uh, and I volunteered in um, the vaccination centre. Uh, and then later on in the afternoon, because the centre closes, the Avalon Medical Centre closes after midday, I went to a different one at Hamilton Lake Clinic. Uh, and the idea was to go to Anglesey uh, later in the evening, because they're open at 11 p.m., uh, but it seemed like they had enough staff uh, there to assist, so they actually said to me, "You know, you're all good. <laughs> you can go home." Okay. Uh, finally, so right. um, so that's what I was doing. I was at those two uh, medical centres, but I will also moved around other places. Um, you know, just seeing how things were going. Well, you're well placed then to uh, provide some uh, commentary, if you like, on uh, just how things went. With, more than just looking at our own backyard. I mean, you had that Northland experience as well. Um, was there a sense of, of community about all of this that everybody was aiming for the same thing? Definitely. And, you know, what was really incredible was, um, so at the start of the week, um, my office sent out an invite to 130 organizations in Hamilton. Uh, and the idea was to bring people, you know, together and see how we could all play our part, uh, you know, and for Super Saturday. And we had, you know, representatives from the city council, the DHP. Uh, we had Maori, Pacifica, Indian, Somali, Colombian, Chinese, Korean, Fijian, Pakistani, Malaysian, you know, refugee organizations, uh, people from the mosque. Uh, we had interfaith groups, multicultural council, community centers, citizen advice bureau. So everyone came together. And, and, and what was really good to see was that everyone wanted to help in one way or the other. And sometimes I think what's challenging is people just don't know where to fit in, or sometimes, you know, we, we all duplicate um, the tasks we are doing. Uh, but what was good to see here was that we could work together. So, for example, Red Cross uh, provided us with translations uh, into quite a few languages uh, on encouraging people to go vaccinate. Uh, Anglesey Pharmacy, for example, did translations on video and we were able to circulate this uh, to different organizations again. Um, and then what my office did was we circulated these um, translations from Red Cross along with a list of all the vaccination centers. So we had them at supermarkets, at gas stations, at some of the ethnic grocery stores, uh, just so that people could, you know, find out where to get vaccinated and in their own language too. Uh, and then we were able to connect, uh, for example, you know, we had uh, like the Pakistani Association and they wanted to offer food and coffee. And for example, we were able to connect them with Anglesey Pharmacy. So they're doing quite a big thing this the coming week, not the one that's gone. Uh, and then some volunteers we were able to connect from, for example, the Indian Association, and they were helping with traffic management at one of the clinics. So it was really good to see is to be able to connect people uh, where there was need and other people who were offering their, their services. I, I wanted to, before we talk about the momentum from this, I want to just um, touch on uh, that dissemination of information over the weekend was just as important, possibly even more important in some cases, than actually getting the needles in the arm, wasn't it? You're sort of breaking down the barriers for those who still had questions or were unsure. 
Definitely. And, you know, one of the uh, big things I found with this, um, you know, COVID and even alert changes is there is actually a lot of information out there. And the problem is how do you access it and where do you go? Uh, and, for example, I do a 1 p.m. update on my Facebook every day about the number of cases. And it's incredible. You know, some, sometimes people ask, you know, the basic questions, which are available. The answers are available out there. But it's just so hard to find with all the information. And, and I think, if anything, if you look at the COVID-19 website, as, as the rules have gotten complex, so, you know, different regions are different alert levels, even the information has gotten quite complex. So to break it down into simpler pieces for people to consume, that's sort of what our, our aim has been. And, in, on, and on that, if you add the challenge of a language barrier, it does, just makes it a little bit more difficult for people to understand where to get vaccinated or why to get vaccinated. Um, so disseminating that information was, was quite important for us. Is there a sense that we've broken the back on that now that we've, we've made some inroads in that area and got some momentum going with it? Definitely. And, and you know, um, I think what was really good was for us to um, do this sort of GUI where 130 organizations came together. Uh, it started back conversations as well. So now we are not having to, you know, be the middle person. And we've noticed a lot of organizations are just talking to themselves. Um, so, for example, um, you know, the ROC Refugee Orientation Center and Shama Tech Women's Trust, they organize Zoom uh, calls for Rangatahi uh, as well as for people speaking Spanish languages. Uh, but they were able to just distribute it to, you know, all the stakeholders themselves. So I think what it's done is it's brought everyone on the same platform. And I'm really looking forward to continuing these conversations, you know, as, as the alert levels change or maintain themselves. Uh, and that information is important. Again, you know, vaccination is uh, one of the key paths, but uh, we haven't finished with our vaccinations. Supercedral is gone, but uh, there's more vaccinations to be done. Uh, but same applies for, you know, getting yourself tested, uh, following the, the, the alert level um, guidelines as well. Uh, and again, information plays a big role in that. Okay, so we have started this momentum. How do we capitalize it in the best way now? Um, well, again, as I said, I think uh, important uh, to keep pushing, uh, you know, people to encourage uh, their family members uh, to have all the information uh, about, you know, vaccination, where to get vaccination, uh, to have those conversations about uh, by vaccination uh, is important. Uh, and to be able to continue to provide access to people who want to get vaccinated. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people were asking us about, uh, well, you know, I've got two sons who would like to get vaccinated, but they don't come home until 7 o'clock. Where do they get vaccinated? Uh, and there's quite a few places around Hamilton where you can, you know, they're open till late at night, as I said, for example, Anglesey Pharmacy is open till 11 o'clock at night. But again, having that information and being able to pass it on to people um, who are interested in getting vaccinated is quite key. The other thing that I get a sense of now, uh, Gaurav, is that uh, people are feeling like, okay, we, we faced this challenge on the weekend, we reached this target of 130,000, that's better than what was hoped for. Um, where's our reward? What's going to happen next? Uh, and unless there's a change in levels for those regions that are currently at level three, um, you run the risk of, of some people feeling like, well, what did we do that for? No, well, I think the, the, the benefit of this is long term because at the end of the day, you know, it's the cumulative uh, gain from it. What is the, the final number of um, people who have got vaccinated? Uh, and if you look at, um, you know, Waikato uh, on the day, we were, uh, I think, uh, so for every 100 residents, we had 2.82 people who were vaccinated. So almost 3% of the population in Waikato um, got vaccinated. 
But, you know, as the Prime Minister said a long time ago, the, the closer we are to 100%, whether it's 90 or 95%, the less likely we are to go into more of these lockdowns. Um, so there might not be an immediate, um, you know, benefit uh, today or this week or next week. But in the longer run, uh, I think this will all work out in our favour as we, you know, uh, there, there might be less cases as we move forward because more people are vaccinated, which just means we don't have to uh, go into less of these lockdowns. Do you think people really understand that? Um, I think uh, subconsciously people do, but at the same time, you know, because we've been in lockdown for quite a long time, um, I think there is sometimes an expectation for a quick um, solution and a quick relief. Um, and uh, and people may feel that, you know, yes, we've done 10,000 vaccinations on Super Saturday. Um, should we change the alert level now and, you know, just go back to alert level one or, or zero? Um, so I think, and, and, and that's a slightly different reason for it. I think that's got more to do with the fact that, you know, we've had a few um, changes in alert level for quite a bit of time. So people are probably um, a bit more stressed because of that rather than directly related to the, the, the good number of vaccinations we've had on Super Saturday. Yeah, I don't think anybody would disagree that it's, it's been a long, hard road, this one, and particularly because we're dealing with Delta, which uh, seems to be uh, a lot more virulent, has a longer tail. The uh, steps taken by government so far seem to have always erred on the side of an abundance of caution. And with that in mind, and some of the comments from Dr. Ashley Bloomfield, uh, just coming out this morning about uh, his cautions, um, is there? Is it realistic to think that uh, Auckland and Northland in particular, but also thinking about the Waikato, is it realistic to think there should be any easing of levels for just a wee bit longer yet? I'm, I'm, I'm um, well, sort of bracing myself for the idea that there could be another five days of this. Um, well, first thing I'd say is, you know, I, I don't have any inside information. You know, I'm not part of Cabinet, so I, I do want to sort of give a fair disclaimer because uh, people often ask me, you know, what do you know? Uh, and Cabinet isn't meeting until today, so it's not like, you know, it was decided a few days ago or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I mean, I've heard from people on both sides, you know, I've heard people say, well, um, you know, we should probably be in level four, you know, level three is not good enough. Um, so it's, it's not just that, you know, people want an ease of restriction. You know, some people are also wanting it to get more strict um, because some people would rather go much harder uh, for a shorter period of time than the, you know, an even level three. Um, is it a possibility? I think each situation is different. You know, Auckland, Northland and Waikato would probably be assessed in a, in a completely different situation. I know Northland hasn't had any cases, um, you know, recently, so they're in a different situation from us. We had four cases yesterday and two of them are um, unlinked. Uh, so I think all of that will obviously be taken into consideration. Uh, but also Waikato is kind of different because, you know, we are... Uh, it's hard to close that border down. So uh, once you move down a level, uh, it's so easy for you know things to just move to other regions as well. So I guess all of that would be taken into to consideration. Yeah, and we'll find out soon enough. Uh, just before I go, though, um, and before I let you go, I don't appreciate your time so far. Uh, the um, criticism that is going to start coming uh, and has already surfaced from uh, opposition parties like uh, David Seymour and Judith Collins saying there needs to be more of a sense from government now about uh, what the plan is once we reach certain levels of vaccination. It can't just be open-ended. Is that fair criticism from where you sit? Um, no, I don't think so. And, you know, I mean, one of the things I would definitely say about um, the government's response in New Zealand, it's a very scientific response. It's a very public health-focused response. 
and and I'm, I'm going to give you a very good example of that. Is you know when, uh, for example, flights to India were banned uh, a few months ago. Um, you know there was a lot of oh you know why were the flights being banned or why was there some changes? Uh, and at that point, you know India's numbers were looking okay. And I think two or three days after New Zealand banned the the flights, the numbers were just you know going ten times higher than what had been before. Um, so I think New Zealand is really good at assessing the situation <clears throat> from all around the world. So whether it's not just you know monitoring our own numbers, our own situation, what's happening, but also monitoring you know like people coming in through um, different parts of the world and just monitoring uh, what's happening there. So our response has always been based on science. Um, as far as what's going to happen from here beyond, uh, you know, it, it does depend on where the numbers lie. You could have Auckland going to 99%, but if the regions are still sitting at 6%, then is it worth it opening the borders now? Or, you know, if uh, some of our uh, Māori Pacifica populations uh, are, you know, still sitting at 60% and we've got, you know, other populations sitting at 99%, is there a point opening the border until we get everybody, you know, on the same sort of range? Um, so at the moment, you know, it's hard to say that because we don't have the um, exact numbers and we're quite far away, to be honest, um, to, to getting to 90%. Uh, we've done the first doses, but, you know, even between first doses and second dose, there'll be three to four weeks uh, of difference before people catch up to that. And that's another month where you're still waiting, you know, for, for to see how the cases go. Because that's, that's another thing that plays into it. By the time people have had the second dose, how many more cases have we had in Waikato? How many more cases have we had in Auckland? Uh, and I think all of that will play into uh, it when, when the government sort of announces where to go from here. But, but hand on heart, I can say, I think New Zealand's response has been very much focused on the science and then anything else. Right. Good talking to you this morning, uh, Dr. Gaurav Sharma, and I uh, appreciate your time, even though you're a busy man, especially uh, you know this time of the year and um, the number of issues that you're facing. But um, great work over the weekend. Glad that you got around the traps a wee bit and um, appreciate your comments this morning. Very helpful. Thank you so much, and a big thanks to all the organisations involved and everybody else you know, who did go out and get vaccinated. So appreciate everyone's help. Terrific. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.